Good morning. How many of y'all are uh, excited about the day that is coming when Jesus returns? Some of y'all ain't buying it. <clears throat> you better get excited. <laughs> there ought to be something in you that just uh, looks forward to it, man. Just, there ought to be just some anticipation building in you. There you go. Do you? Is it something you long for? Is it something you're you're just hungry for? Or is this life enough? Man, I hope not. I hope this ain't enough, y'all. There, there's got to be something else, something greater, something else you're longing for that's not of this world. Um. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Before I mess this up. Lord God, we, we come to you right now. And we just humble ourselves before you. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. The great God. There is no other God. You are. You are it. So we give you all of our praise. All of our all glory to your name. And we just lift you high today. Lord, I just ask that you would come and meet us here in this place. I pray, God, that you would give me words to say, that you would send your Holy Spirit, your anointing, that I could speak and say what you'd have me to and nothing else, Lord. Lord, come and do the work you want to do today. Help us to seek what it is that you want to say to us, Lord. Help us to seek your face. Seek your presence. Lord, put in us a longing for your appearing. Lord, help us to long for that time that you come and restore this world to what it's supposed to be. And make things right, Father. Lord, we love you and we praise you for all your goodness and your mercy. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you today about um, a down payment. Y'all know what a down payment is? You ever made a down payment on something? Why did you do that? Think about that for a minute. Why do you, why do you make a down payment on anything? So they'll hold it for you. It's a, it's a good faith gesture that says, hey, this shows my intent to pay the full price for this. Does that make sense? So, let's take a step back before we get into the rest of that. It seems like I've, I've talked about this, kind of this topic a, a lot lately, and I hope it's not just me projecting what I'm going through onto you. I hope that I'm, I'm hearing the voice of the Lord and that He is 
leading me to say these things. I always hope that. I hope that I'm not interjecting my own thoughts into, into this any more than uh, he, he allows me to do. So do you ever feel like you're alone? And more specifically, do you ever feel like you're going through struggles in your life alone? I would venture to say that all of us do at some point in time, right? We, we feel, and y'all, this is something I've, I've noticed in my own life lately, that I, my feelings tend to not match up with what reality is quite a bit. I feel one way, but I know the truth and that it's a different thing. And so that's really what I want to do today is to encourage you in the Word of God and remind you that you're not alone. And so I hope that when you leave here today that if, if that is the case, if you've been feeling alone and that you're going through these struggles alone, I want you to leave here encouraged knowing that even though you might feel one thing, the Word of God tells you and assures you of something completely different. And so we're going to read today in Ephesians chapter 1, and we'll read verses 13 and 14. Verse 13 says, In Him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. So there's two components of this passage that I want to uh, really highlight today. And the first one is, is that you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now, let's rewind just a moment and let's ensure that we're all on the same page. We're not talking about just everybody today, okay? We need to be clear about this because if you're here today and you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, then I'm sorry to say this passage does not apply to you. And I don't mean that in a mean or derogatory way. I'm just trying to share the truth of what the Word of God says. And this is for a specific group of people. Now I hope if you're here today and you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior that before this is over today you'll have something in you that says, I want to do that. And that's a free, a free gift that is available to everyone. Because see there in verse 13 it says, In Him you also trusted after hearing the word of truth. This is speaking to those that have received Jesus as their Savior. And then we go into the end of verse 13. It says you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. A promise. Let's hang on to that word. We'll come back to it in a moment. What does it mean when something is sealed? Y'all, I, I like to really dive into the details of these verses because it's really easy to read them and not really catch the meaning. And I don't mean that to make anybody feel 
feel like you're stupid or anything. I'm, I'm telling you, this is me. I have to dig into the details of the, of the Word because that's where the meaning is. And it's real easy to read it and think, okay, I get it, but we miss it. What does it mean when something is sealed? I'm not talking about like you seal an envelope. I'm talking about when somebody puts a seal on something. You know, we have uh, all sorts of legal documents. They'll put a, the seal of the state of Texas on it. It might be a particular office that someone holds and they have a stamp that they put on something. And what does that do? It validates it. It says that the authority of this person or this position is behind this written document. And so, when something is sealed, it indicates ownership and security also. And so, when, when the Word tells us that when we've trusted Jesus, we've made Him our Lord and our Savior, we have been sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. His seal has been put on us. He owns us. Not only does He own us, and I don't want you to think that, that, that doesn't, I'm not talking about like in terms of a, a master and a slave. I'm talking about ownership in that we belong to Him, and we are secure in that. If He owns us, He can also keep us, Right? We don't have to fear anyone stealing us away or, or somehow we, we just end up lost. Because when He, God, the Creator of all things, owns us and seals us as He is, we are secure in that. And then we get over into that promise then. The point behind the seal points to the promise. The promise is greater than the seal. I, I want you to hear what I'm saying today and really soak this up because the promise is what it's all about. The promise is why we have a relationship with God and why we want something out of Him, right? The, the promise is what we're looking for. I know there's a lot there. Hang on. So we go into verse 14. Now we, it says who. We're referring back to the Holy Spirit. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance? The old King James Version says the earnest. Another word for that is down payment. Earnest money is given. Why? To say, I have an intention of paying all of this. I want you to hold on to this until I can make the full payment. So God gives something to us when we become His children. He gives us something, and it is earnest. It's a guarantee. It's a down payment because there's something greater to come. You see, when, we make, when someone gives you a down payment, they want to go buy a trailer from you. They say, hey, I'm going to give you my $500 knowing that I'm going to pay you the full $3,000 when I come and pick it up. See, nobody's going to just easily part with $500 just because, right? So they give you that money and you say, okay, feel pretty good that they're going to come pay the rest because otherwise I've got their $500 and they ain't just going to throw that away. And so when God 
gives us this guarantee, this down payment, this earnest money in the Holy Spirit, we have a security knowing He's going to pay the rest. Oh, <laughs> there's a promise, you see. He is making a promise to you and me when, when He gives us that earnest of the Holy Spirit and He seals us. He's saying, I've got more to come. And you can count on it. I wouldn't give you this to just not fulfill the rest. It would be for nothing. Man, I'm going to tell y'all right now, we're going to get there, y'all. Hang on, because there's some good stuff in this message. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance? The Holy Spirit. Until the redemption of the purchased possession. Down payment until full payment is made. Okay? Is this all making sense to everybody? Are we tracking? Alright. So, let's, let's establish some foundational doctrine today to make sure everybody is on the same page. As soon as we are saved, the Holy Spirit begins something in us. He begins to reveal to us some of the riches that are ours in Christ. He gives us just a taste of the coming glory. Y'all, I've had some moments in my, in my relationship with God that were just phenomenal. There's times that God has just showed up and done something amazing in my life. And in that moment, I'm like, man, this is great. This is great. And you just think you can't get no better than this. Except, that's just a taste. That's just a preview. All you fathers here today... You probably have wives. You probably at some point or another enjoyed their cooking. I hope that still continues today. I'll give you all a little bit to catch up. And at some point you probably walked into the kitchen while they were preparing and got a little taste of what they were making. And I hope at that point you said, oh baby, that is delicious. That wasn't a meal, though, was it? That was just a taste. That was just enough to get you by until the real meal was delivered to the table. It was just a sample. Although, for that brief moment that you, you put that piece of food or, or that spoonful of something in your mouth, it was, oh man, that is so good. It's not as good as when everybody sits down to that table. And you take the whole meal all in at one time, right? It's not the same. It's just a sample. It's just a preview. It's just a taste. And so what we have in the Holy Spirit today when we're saved is just a taste. It's just a preview and a sample of what is to come. He has this inheritance that is waiting for us and He has made a down payment. He has sealed you with the Holy Spirit so that you have a certainty in you that He is going to fulfill what He has promised. The Holy Spirit Himself is the guarantee. 
Someday you're going to receive that full inheritance. So some of that foundational doctrine I'm talking about is that when we are saved, there's something that changes about us. You see, if we look in the Old Testament, we see times that the Spirit of God would come upon someone. We see times that mighty men of God were used by the Holy Spirit to do just extraordinary things, but the Spirit of God would come and He would leave. God instructed Moses how to build a tabernacle. And the whole camp of Israel could look and see when the Spirit of God would descend on that tabernacle. They could visibly see the presence of God show up and then leave. When the temple in Jerusalem was built, the Ark of the Covenant was placed in the Holy of Holies and it says that the Spirit of God descended into that place. There came a point where His presence was not there anymore. But y'all, today, listen to me, church. Today, when we are saved, when we accept the payment that Jesus Christ has made for you and me, as payment for our sins, There's something that happens. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the living God comes and dwells within us. We become the temple of God. Huh? Yeah. This is that foundational doctrinal stuff I'm telling you about today. If you are saved, if you have been, your sins have been washed away like some of those songs we were singing earlier. If you've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, you become a temple for the Holy Spirit to dwell in. You say, well, Brother Kevin, I, I don't really get it. Well, let's, let's just make it as plain as we can today. 1 John chapter 4, verse 15 says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. God does not any longer dwell in man-made temples. You hear me, y'all? We like to think of this as the house of God, the, the sanctuary, right? And, and I have nothing but reverence for the house of God. Don't get me wrong when I say this. But uh, you know why God's here? Because we are. Children of God. Because the Spirit of God dwells within us. And when we come together, that's why that's such an important thing, that where two or three are gathered together, what does the Word say? It says, there I am in the midst of you. And so that's why when I can meet a, a... a fellow brother in Christ that doesn't even speak the same language as me, all of a sudden there's this connection. I don't understand why. It's the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that dwells within me dwells within Him. And they bear witness, right? There's a connection there that's greater than me or this other person. It's the Spirit of God. I know... I know 
We'll get there. It seems like we take the long way around sometimes, but it's for a reason. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20 says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. I think sometimes we focus too much on the buying and not the price. Because if you understand the price that was paid, the rest of this verse is easy. The price that was paid for you and me was so great. We, 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 we talk about Jesus and, and the beating he took and the crucifixion and those things. But when we start to get just a little deeper understanding of the real price that was paid for you and me, we go on and we read the rest of this. It says, therefore, because you were bought with a so great a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. They belong to him. God sealed us so that we would know we are His. Think about that. We started out this morning and and I said something. I, I said, do you ever feel like you're alone? Do you ever feel like you're going through struggles alone? I'm here today to remind you that God has put his stamp on you. He said, that person is mine. They are mine. And I'm giving you a promise of what is to come. My inheritance that I have for you is so much greater than this little taste, this little sample I'm giving you. Let's go on and look in his word in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In Romans 8, 38 and 39, Paul, writing to the church, he says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Is your sin greater than those? Is the struggle you're going through greater than those things? I don't think so. So what does that tell you? It tells you no matter what you're going through, when you have received Jesus as your Savior... No matter what you're going through, He's with you. You're His. The Holy Spirit, you may not feel it. Hear me, y'all. I told you, this is what I deal with a lot lately. I don't feel it. Feelings lie. Emotions lie. Circumstances I see sometimes lie. But my God is true. His word is true. And I'm here today to just simply tell you this. This is no earth-shattering epiphany of knowledge and information that I'm giving you today. I just want to simply remind you. 
you're here. He's got you. There ain't nothing this world or anything else can do to separate you from his love. We do things sometimes. We sin against God, and there ain't nothing wrong, right about that. We need to repent. We need to seek his face and turn back to him. But he didn't stop loving you just because you sinned. He loved you before you ever were saved. He loved you in the midst of your sin. He's dwelling in you. He's giving you a guarantee of what is to come. So when your preacher gets up here and says, are you looking forward to his return? It's not just that moment I'm talking about, (laughs) y'all. There is so much more than just that moment of when Jesus splits that sky open that I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to that. But it goes on past that into all of eternity where where His goodness is going to just be poured out on top of us. We have an inheritance waiting for us. And He's giving you just a sample and a taste of it here. You say, well, the things I've been sampling and tasting don't taste so great. Don't taste the right things. (laughs) It's just that simple. Y'all, there's some stuff my wife cooks. And there's there's some things she sometimes puts in there. Those things weren't meant to eat. Okay? No, no, hear me. I'm not insulting. I'm I'm telling you. There are some things that you put into food that add flavor to food. Those things aren't meant to eat, though. You're supposed to take those out and eat the good stuff. Does that make sense? Think about, yeah... (laughs) Think about uh, bay leaves. You're not supposed to eat bay leaves. But they add flavor to the food. So what I'm trying to tell you today is if, if the things that you think God is doing in your life don't taste so great, you need to find the things that do taste good. Find what His promises are. Find those things and hang on to those because there will be bitter times you go through in your life, but God has good for you. You may not even see the good right now. Sometimes food doesn't taste good when you start making it. It tastes good when it's done. Man, I dug out of that hole quick, didn't I? I love my wife. She is an awesome cook. But my God is so much better. Y'all, He wants to do something so good in your life. It may be hard for you to believe what I'm saying right now. And I get it. But I'm here today to just share that simple truth with you. God loves you and He wants to do some awesome stuff in your life. He has good for you. Even if you never see it in this life. It's coming. It's coming. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, we just come to you right now once again. Lord, we thank you for the promises and the truths that are in your word. Lord, you know every heart that is here today. You know their needs. 
Some are great, Lord. Lord, I don't say that just just casually. I, I know that some of us have great needs. And Lord, sometimes those needs overwhelm what we can see. We can't see you working. We can't we forget about your promise. We we forget that you're still with us even even in the midst of those trials. And so Lord, I just pray right now that each person that's here would receive what the Holy Spirit is saying to them today. And that they would leave here encouraged, knowing that you're with them. You've sealed them, that they're yours, and that you've made a down payment of what is to come. Lord, I pray that you would encourage them and let, let the joy of the Lord be their strength and overflow them. I thank you for your word today. I thank you for the move of your spirit in this place. In Jesus' name I pray.